0: Okay we are back with uh, part two of our The Martian discussion and today we're talking about the movie adaptation starring Matt Damon and this was actually surprisingly the first time I have ever seen the movie and I think it came out like five years ago so I don't know how I never watched it but I never did and so i am very happy that i watched it because it was a really quality movie like it was done really well and the acting was really good and like the set and the design and like being able to make us see mars was really cool and it was a pretty solid adaptation like they did fairly well with it so i'm very excited to get to talking about it books tv music and movies all things that make a big impact on everyone I'm constantly gushing about my latest read to anyone who will listen, so I figured I'd turn my rambling into something coherent that people will actually listen to, which means no tuning out halfway through. I'm Maya Roche, and this is My Take. adaptation we're just gonna go chronologically and talk through like the differences and things and just like discuss it starting with the opening shots of Mars and like that whole opening scene where we got to like see Mars and just like fly over it was really cool and like that is a theme that you will notice throughout this episode is that a lot of the like being able to see stuff was really cool because I couldn't like really truly visualize it in my head it's so, like being able to see it out loud was really interesting and then also as part of those intro shots of mars we see the acadia plantation or whatever where watney is and it has fucking rocks and hills and stuff and that's described as like a barren like desert land where no nothing is so if like that is a barren desert land what the hell is the rest of mars like how rocky is it i don't understand that um i am not a space nerd anyways moving on We start with the day of the accident, and we get to see Watney and the crew, like, doing stuff before the accident. Like, we don't start with Watney waking up after his life has been saved by the thing in his spacesuit. Um, And so I love that we get to see the crew interacting and stuff, and, like, Martinez continues to be iconic. I fucking love him and for those of you who know jason day the golfer the actor who plays martinez looks a little like jason day the golfer and i could not get out of my head um and also sebastian stan is back which i didn't know sebastian stan was in this movie but we love him um and then like again with the being able to see things i did not realize how fucking bad this storm would be that they had to abort i was like oh it's a storm like i thought thunder and lightning and stuff whatever but this was like freaking rocks and shit blowing everywhere and it was like a really crazy freaky storm and like i could not be an astronaut if i had to deal with that i would like freak the fuck out every time there was a storm um and then seeing them go out into the storm and seeing watney get whacked and everyone freak out was not fun and even though I know he survives on Mars and I like know how this ends like just seeing it play out really sucked and then seeing Martinez tell Lewis he needed verbal confirmation of launch he was at like that stuck with me from the book where he was like look I need you to tell me and it was really hard for her to get the words out but she needed to because they needed to leave like it just that whole beginning was a freaking lot because we don't see that until later on in the book we wake up with Watney waking up right and so it's like later on in the book we see the flashback and it's like okay this sucks but like we're already so far into the story that it's like okay just we accept that it happened but like starting off with it was like a lot um and then we go immediately to see the announcement of NASA telling them that Watney is freaking dead which really sucked and then we see Watney wake up and we see him immediately go do self-surgery on himself and, like, staple himself together, and that was, like, really intense and painful, and I kind of hated that. Um, and then we see the logs as recorded videos, which obviously makes sense, right? It's a movie, you can't have him, like, furiously scribbling shit down, like, obviously it's going to be something where he's talking to a screen, so that makes sense for, like, a movie to have to switch something up. Um, but I like the logs because with most of the logs, they keep the same dialogue that's from the book, and so I appreciate that they're, like, keeping a lot of stuff the same in that way. Um, but we do start with, like, the accident being on Soul 19 and not Soul 6, and I guess it doesn't make a huge difference, but it's like, if it doesn't make a huge difference, why did you start on Soul 19 instead of starting on Soul 6 and just keep with the book? I don't know. Um... And then we see Watney, after, like, doing his first log and stuff, go through everybody's stuff, which I love because we all know this is gonna lead to the disco um, inside joke, and I freaking love that. Um, and then, okay, one of my issues with this movie is there's a lot of montaging things. Like, all the things that Watney needs to do in order to keep himself alive, a lot of times they montage it, and... I understand that's, like, something you have to do for a movie, but it makes it seem like a lot less effort, because in the book, like, everything was this, like, long, dragged-out struggle of a process that Watt needed to figure out on his own, and he gave us all this, like, really great detail of, like, everything he had to do, and, like, we felt his pain. Whereas with the montage, it's just like, oh, yeah, he's working, like, living his life on space, like, good vibes only, like, here I am on Mars, just living daily life, and so it just... It felt like less of a struggle, and I didn't appreciate that. Um, And then, you know, we see the explosion with him making water, which I swear happens a lot sooner than it does in the book, but I could be wrong about that. And then we see the first potato sprout, and, like, okay, the juxtaposition between seeing the first potato sprout and how happy Watney is about it, and then going to Earth and seeing his fucking funeral, I mean quality movie making but like really sucks when you're watching it like it just it was a lot like my emotions were yo-yoing this whole time it was just crazy um and then okay time for kind of a major difference in the fact that Kapoor told Mindy to check the satellites and it wasn't just a random stroke of luck that Mindy was checking the satellites and figured out that Watney was alive it was like a thing where he's like look check these satellites and like I mean Mindy was checking satellites and then like did call Kapoor in the middle of the night but then there was also a scene where Kapoor was like you need to check these numbers or whatever or somebody told Mindy to check those numbers so I don't know it kind of felt like a big deal to me that they were changing it and that was like planned and intentional and not just like a stroke of luck but anyways um also speaking of NASA, Annie continues to be iconic. I love her. She's so funny. Which I feel like she wasn't as funny in this as she was in the book, but like knowing it was Annie and knowing how she's in the book, I was like, Okay, yes, like I know you. I love you. You're great. Um and then they did keep the disco thing, which I really appreciated because that was like one of the best jokes in the book and like It was so funny, and I fucking loved it, except, okay, disco is, like, mostly upbeat music, right, so if you're trying to pump yourself up to continue living alone as the only human on a planet, why would you not want disco music, like, it's happy, it's gonna cheer you up, it's gonna get you in the groove, like, what if, you know, Lewis only liked, like, really sad, depressing songs, like, that would be a really sad, depressing time on Mars, you know, so... Maybe Disco was not the worst idea in the world. Um, And then, you know, we see Watney get the RTG for Heat, but it didn't feel like he was getting the RTG for Heat. Like, it felt like there were less modifications, less explanation for everything. Like, it just felt really rushed again. And, like, whereas the book, everything was slow and planned out, and, like, we were told every step of everything. It felt, like, more rushed. Um, And then, oh, my God. Okay, seeing the potatoes be grown i was so happy and like even though i knew this happened and i knew that like he was able to grow potatoes just seeing it happen and seeing all the plants i was like yes this is amazing i love this like i was here for it um and then okay another difference is we see a lot less like of the tech explanations behind everything which as somebody who droned out when those came up in the book i could appreciate them removing them and i understand like you're gonna remove them because like it's a movie aimed at like a wider market than like a niche science fiction book is at but like also again i was like i i'm just a person in favor of strict adaptations right and it's like the book is the letter of the law and you do the book but on screen and so I didn't appreciate that they took them out for that reason, because I was like, look, you're taking out part of Watney by not having him give us major explanations for everything. I mean, there were some, definitely. It wasn't like they were all completely gone, but it was like not everything had an explanation. Anyways, moving on. Um, uh, Venkat Kapoor does still draw on the break room map to figure out that he's going to Pathfinder, which I love that. And then when they said Pathfinder is buried in the book, I didn't realize how buried was buried until I saw it in the movie, but it didn't require Watney to, like, build a Pyramid of Rocks ancient Egypt style to get Pathfinder up onto the rover, which I didn't like as much because that scene was iconic and also another, like, major struggle that Watney went through that they took out. Um, and then seeing him connect with NASA was amazing and, like, I really did appreciate that we got to see more scenes of, like, NASA on the ground, like, back on Earth, having to figure out, like, how to do stuff. And so I kind of appreciate that because there wasn't as many of those in the book, but they did make it a point to do it in the movie, and so I liked that. Um, And then speaking of talking to NASA, Watney has a notebook to record everything that they're writing when they use the, like, hex code, whatever thing uh to type out letters instead of having to like write in the sand which like movie Watney is kind of like going through a lot less than book Watney and I feel like book Watney would laugh in movie Watney's face if he was like you had a notebook I had to write in the fucking sand you know like it just the little things sometimes add up um and then we see Watney kind of like break down in happiness when he gets better communication through the rovers which I appreciate and it was like it was so sad but it was so happy at the same time it was just like a lot of emotions and then Watney freaks out on them obviously for not telling the crew that he's still alive and he says some rude comment but we don't see what the rude comment is and it's kind of annoying because the oh look a pair of boobs thing was kind of iconic in the book so I'm kind of sad that they didn't continue that Um, And then, obviously, we cut to telling the crew that he's alive, and, like, it felt a lot less dramatic than it did in the book. I don't know why, but, like, it did, but it was still, like, a major moment in the movie. Um, And then we see the breach, which was, like, a lot more dramatic than my head could ever envision. Like, whatever my head thought of in the book, like, seeing it in the movie was more dramatic, And I was freaking out, even though I knew Watney was okay, it was just, like, a lot. Like, him having to duct tape his suit, like, in the book, it felt like he had time to duct tape his suit, and it was, like, not a major emergency. But in the movie, it felt like if he didn't duct tape his suit in two seconds, he was going to die. That freaked me out. And then seeing the potato soil be dead and him have to drag all of that out really sucked. And then seeing the repair, which is a sheet of plastic and duct tape and not, like, him using HAB canvas to, like, cover it and use, like, the special glue that, like, can fix suits. It was literally just a piece of plastic. So that gave me significantly less confidence in it, especially because, like, one of the next scenes was some, like, mini sandstorm, and it was just blowing against that. And I was like, holy fuck, they're gonna, like, break it again. Some shit's gonna happen. Like, I was very scared. Um... And then we see the Hermes crew actually get to talk to Watney while he's in the Hab or, like, through the Rover. And that's not something that happens in the book. He only talks to the Hermes crew when he gets to the math. And as much as I'm in favor of strict adaptations, it was Watney and Martinez having a conversation, which is always iconic, so I was kind of okay with it. Um, and also, it got me into thinking that imagine if you were having to type all of your communication to people and it being broadcasted everywhere and not having spell check because I'm a terrible speller and if I didn't have spell check, I'd be so scared. People would think of me as the dumb astronaut who can't spell if I had to do that. Like, I know that's really not your biggest problem, right? If you're on Mars, like you have a much bigger issue of like, you have to find out how to keep yourself alive but like that would still scare me. (laughs) Um, And then we get to see Rich Purnell figure out his maneuver, which I loved. And then seeing him explain it to NASA was, like, making the director of NASA just stand there and be like, okay, you're Mars. And taking his pen out and flying this stapler around, like, was hilarious, and I loved it. Um, and then, you know, obviously we see that, and then we see Iris really fail, and that fucking sucked, and I hated it. Um, and then... The decision not to use the Hermes crew um, to do the Rich Purnell maneuver seemed a lot less dramatic in the book. Like, there was no huge blowout fight, and he wasn't like, oh, I was hoping he would rip into you and stuff. Like, it was just like, oh, and then they kind of walked out. Like, they said a couple words, and that was it. Which, I mean, I kind of loved the book version. I mean, even though I hated that he was like, hey, sometimes testosterone runs high, and I was like, fuck you for being a misogynist. Like... I kind of appreciated the book version um and then we see the mutiny conversation with the Hermes crew which was exactly the same as the book um except for the part about them having 24 hours to recant but like that was a minor detail but I love that the dialogue was like exactly the same as the book it was amazing and then we see the Hermes crew talk to their families which was really fun and I kind of loved it except we don't see Beck talk about the designated survivor plan which like I mean, made shit more real, right? Like, even though I knew everything was going to be fine, though, like, especially in the book, the threat of, like, having a designated survivor plan was, like, holy shit, this actually might not work, right? So, you know, I wanted that to be in it, and it wasn't. Um, and then we go back to Mars, and we montage the rover modifications again because everything's a fucking montage, and there are parallels between watney doing it on mars and them doing it at nasa on earth trying to figure out how to do it which i appreciate it but again it was a montage and it's like you can't montage shit on a book all about a man's struggles on mars like that's not how it works you know and then they fucking skip seven months which like no especially because in that time period when he's modifying the rover he short circuits the drill there's a bunch of other shit that happens he has to take test drives like There's all these different things, and I'm just, like, you're cutting out so much of, like, the not important stuff, but the stuff that, if it's not there, is important, you know? It's, like, you don't realize you don't need it until it's gone, and then you're, like, oh, this is just, like, a sanitized version of Watney Struggles on Mars. Um, And then, okay, they kept the space pirate thing, which I love, because that was really funny. And then... (laughs) Seeing the conversation between JPL and NASA and, like, the rest of NASA and them talking about how much they're going to deconstruct the MAV was very funny, and I really appreciated that. But then... When we see Watney driving to the Mav, we totally skip the sandstorm that we, all of NASA knows is coming and Watney doesn't. Watney has to figure out how to get around it. And we totally skip him flipping the rover and having to spend two days writing everything and stuff. And so, and we skip a lot of the boring driving on both of the trips he takes. And it's like, those are important details. Those are the things where it's like, why the fuck can it not just be easy for him? You're taking that shit away and it's not like it just it annoyed me you know um and then okay I did not put two and two together of like how bad his body would look but like goddamn man's was a mess you know like I didn't fully realize how much of a mess he would be but he was a mess um and then going back on to the Hermes they kept the faceplate kiss which was really cute and I really appreciated it except in the book Beck and was like major major like subplot it was mentioned like a handful of times and in the movie it was like even more subplot like the only thing that happened was the face kiss right like faceplate kiss um Watney didn't tell Beck in his letter that he needed to tell Johansson how he felt and Lewis didn't know and say that Beck could sleep in Johansson's room because they needed more space to make a sick bay or whatever and Beck didn't say, don't tell anyone I liked it, when Johansson was like, don't tell anyone I did that. And so I was like, you're taking out all of them, like, more cute parts, too. Like, why are you not building this up? It takes, like, two seconds to add in that dialogue. Um, but I appreciated that they kept it. And then they fucking switched up the end. Because the maps canvas still does, like, rip off, and it's a big issue um, when Watney launches. But then, instead of the bomb working, the bomb doesn't entirely work. They're still too far apart. Watney does actually puncture his suit and go full Iron Man. And Lewis goes out after him instead of Beck going out after him, or Vogel. Beck goes out after him instead of Beck going out after him. And then Watney and Lewis at first, like, hold hands, and then they're going too fast, so they can't. And so Watney has to grab onto the tether. And, like, you know, there's the second of, like, are they going to make it? What's going to happen and stuff? And it's, like, a lot more dramatic instead of the ending in the book where it was just, like, chill. And then seeing NASA's reaction to everyone being secure on the Hermes and, like, seeing them with Watney and stuff was, like, really, really cute and really fun. And I was really happy for everybody and then seeing the actual end with like watney teaching new recruits on his day one i was so proud of him and beck and joe have a baby and everybody was watching the aries 5 launch and martinez was on the aries 5 launch which i refuse to believe because he is a young kid and they built out his family dynamic more in the book and his wife was like you know, I have to wait another year to get laid and stuff, and, like, he's gonna never remember having a dad in his early years and stuff, and I was like, you cannot tell me Martinez is leaving his fucking family and going back up into space, like, no, that's not how it works, like, I refuse to believe it, you know, um, and then the credits are very fun, and, like, I appreciated them, and they were great, um, so, yeah, to wrap up, this episode the movie does a better job in allowing us to see what happens obviously duh it's a movie you have to see stuff instead of imagining it in a book right but the book builds out the characters more and like Watney kind of feels less funny in the movie because with movies you have to show not tell all the time right like you have to see him doing things he can't just describe what he did and so Watney gets less time to tell us what's going on so it takes away a lot of his time to be funny and so he comes across as less funny than he does in the book, which, like, I mean, they still keep a lot of his jokes, but, like, in the book, it was so funny, and every time Watney was narrating, I was laughing, and it was, like, not the same in the movie, and like I've been mentioning, the movie swapped a ton of shit out in terms of, like, the pain we go through being on Mars, and, like, instead of all the time like while he's on Mars being like this is happening and this is happening and this is happening they switch it for one last oh my god does he make it at the very end which I didn't appreciate because the point of the book is like you go through all this stuff you're stuck on Mars he's trying his hardest to like live his life on his own and then it's like you know he loses connection with NASA because of the drill he has to go through the standstorm that nobody know. everybody knows is coming except for him he flips the rover like it's Everything that adds up, where it's like, what the fuck else can happen to him? How much more do we have to go through? And like the pain and the agony of going through that, like makes the book what it is. And it's like, with the movie, it felt like a relatively smooth process, especially between like the montaging and the fact that they're taking stuff out. Because even after the Hab breach, right, it didn't feel like it was that big of a deal because he just threw the potato plants out and that was it and stuff. And so it's like, it felt like they took on, like, a sanitized, rose-colored glasses view of the book, and, like, as much as it was, like, a good adaptation, the acting was good, and they kept to the, like, themes, and they kept a lot of the dialogue, It still, I felt like it wasn't fully there in the sense of, like, there was so much shit that happened in the book, and there was not enough that happened in the movie, and it's, like, had I never read the book, this would have been a great movie, and it still is a great movie, it just, like, the book is so much that happens to him and it makes it like really hit home that like holy shit he's you know alone on mars and shit keeps happening to him and like what the fuck else can he go through so that's like my one biggest thing with this is like it was really good but they were missing something so like yeah i mean i liked it it was a great movie it wasn't as good as the book but it was a solid adaptation and i can live with it and i appreciate it and like it was done pretty well you know so yeah i have been maya Gosh, and this has been my take on the movie adaptation the martian thanks for listening so we're kind of a one-woman show here at my take so the credits are not going to be very long this podcast is produced and edited um by me. I do all of my own social media. The only person I really have to thank is one of my great friends, Paris, who did the music that is in the intro and that you're listening to now. So thank you, Paris, and thank you all for listening. You can reach me at underscore my take on Twitter and Instagram, and please leave a rate or review wherever you listen to this podcast. That helps a ton. So yeah, thanks for listening.